0: Dustin's thinking cap. The best I could do.
1: His a thinking cap?
0: Yeah, that's what his cap looks like in the... Ch- I mean, it's a poorly rendered version, but that's what he wears in all of season four. All right. Hello, Winterwebs, and welcome to <laughs> Close Up. I'm your co-host, Joe. And I'm Ryan. Ryan and I recently finished Stranger Things 4, Volume 1, and we've got to talk. This is a spoiler warning for the first seven episodes of Season 4, and probably by extension, the rest of the series. From this extreme long shot, we zoom into our medium shot. Before getting into our thoughts, we'd like to share with you our brief backgrounds on Stranger Things, how we came to be fans, our expectations going into the latest season. Ryan, you can start. Yeah, so I, kind of like you, which I'm
1: reading ahead here, I didn't really start watching Stranger Things until the second season came out. But my first kind of not interaction that's not the right word my first like thought about the series or when i first saw it was remember at york during the whole poster sale remember that sorry i the whole poster sale at york where they sold a bunch of movie posters and that oh yeah yeah i got a lot of them that there was a stranger things one i got a lot from there too and I think that was, like, one of the most popular ones. And it, was, it just looked like, is this an old show? Is this a new show? It looked interesting, but I just, I never watched it. Mm-hmm. And then when the second season came out, I heard people were talking about it, and then I watched the two back-to-back, and I've been a fan ever since.
0: Well, for me, I didn't get on board with Stranger Things till its second season, also. The first was a global phenomenon, which I somehow never got onto. I was probably proud not to have watched it at the time, because I'm kind of just that way. I was the same way with Game of Thrones, like we discussed, I just, I never watched it because it was cool. But my brother eventually got me into it. He never watches fictional dramas, but he loved Stranger Things from the very beginning. So through him, I caught a bit of the story just watching him watch it sometimes, just stepping into the room, and it caught my interest. So I caught up and fell in love with the show myself. That said, I wasn't super excited for season four, for reasons I can explain more in depth later if they come up, but I always planned to watch it and it had my curiosity. So this brings us into our close up. Let's talk about Stranger Things Four. Ben, you wanna <laughs> talk about the stuff we liked first, or our critiques? Where do yeah. we wanna begin?
1: So Immediately had my attention because you just see a little you see not only spoilers again, you see the doctor come back in the flashback and you're like, Holy uh-huh. crap, what is this? And then he you know, he goes to train a number who cares? Number twelve, number two. I think it was two. Yeah, sure. Goes to train that kid and then all of a sudden he gets hit by a door. And he gets all confused. He wakes up. All the kids are dead. There's multiple kids. Not anymore. He Walks to the room and he sees a little CGI Millie Bobby Brown covered in blood. Says, what have you done? And then it does the... So Amelia was like... That was, was a like, fantastic cold open. Great cold open. CGI looks pretty good. You know it's CGI. It's a little uncanny valley
0: just because it's you know it is. But if I didn't know... In terms of technical, it, it ago, looks yeah. good. I was yeah. talking
1: about with... One of my coworkers and I was like, what did you think of the CGI Millie Bobby Brown? She was like, there was a CGI Millie Bobby Brown. I was like, yeah, at the mm. beginning, when she's younger, it's like, oh, I thought they just filmed that. Like, back in the days. Like, no, it's not, it's not how it works. Hey, that's a
0: testament right there. It is a testament. I mean, we, we're film nerds. We're looking out for yeah. this stuff. We, we know the work that goes in behind the scenes, so... There were some parts where it was a little weird and you it can was see... worse but it was focused right on her face when and you was... could see like
1: some smoothness around her there's always that like tiny smoothness which is fine which but, is probably you
0: know... why most of the shots of her are in the mirror yes which are they're all done very well i thought it was a smart move to have millie bobby brown as she is now performing herself in the mm-hmm. flashbacks and yes they use the little version of her sparingly because there was a version of this show i bet where they just did the cgi For every shot of those flashbacks. And then they thought. And they're probably like no. No we don't want to. Grandma Tarkin this or Leia this. Or whatever other.
1: I've been excited for. This season. I don't really get too hyped for Stranger Things. There are like super fans. uh, Who are. Um, I love season 3. I think it's one of the better seasons. And then you know. It's just been years since this one came out. Hopper is one of my favorite characters in the mm-hmm. show, so I've always wondered what happened to him. Turns out he's in a, once Russian
0: again, prison, David on, Arbor, they
1: him. David Arbor's in another Russian prison.
0: Mm. I wonder if he one. filmed the two at the same time. Cause... Well,
1: there's the funny thing. An article came out where he said that when he was on set for Black Widow, that he texted photos to the Duffer brothers when he was on set. On Black Widow, so the prisons didn't look similar. That's hilarious. And he admitted that to Kevin Feige. I don't know if Kevin Feige thought that was funny or whatever, or if he got mad, but he was probably like, yeah, that's smart. Kevin Feige seems like a guy with a good sense of humor. And to be fair, even though they are totally different
0: prisons, they still look the same. (laughs) Yeah. They look One's darker. Yeah. I wasn't super hyped for season four, because like you said, Stranger Things just is never a show I get really excited about. It's a show I love every year it comes out. And then maybe because it takes so long off in between, but I always kind of just forget how much I like it between seasons, if that makes any sense. And then I watch it, oh, more out of obligation. Oh, I watch the rest of it. I'll just hop on for the latest season. And then I love it every year again. Right. So that in my relationship with the show is just funny that way. I know a lot of people, you were saying you liked season three. I know a lot of people were not huge on season three because of the way people kind of were sold on Stranger Things because of its more horrific tone, but season three leaned hard into the comedy. And I know a lot of people did not like that at the time. I enjoyed it when, when I was watching mm-hmm. it because I thought, okay, well, it's, a, it's different than before. It's not trying to do the same old thing. So I, I liked that at the time. Yeah. But I'm sure a lot of people were happy that they moved... My point is, I'm sure a lot of people were happy they moved back to the horror focus this year. Mm-hmm. A lot more tension than season three, I thought.
1: To be fair, 1985 was a happy year. So you can't just add it and be completely horror.
0: Well, yeah, I get that was the behind-the-scenes intention. Back to because... the Future came out, yeah. you know.
1: You gotta That's be happy. That's I... why
0: Yeah, that's why I I didn't mind it as much as other people, because I thought, well, have you seen movies from 1985? It was, this is kind of the tone Mm -hmm. they were going for. They're just trying to replicate the tone of media back then. I wish they did a Teen Wolf reference. They're like, is that the guy from Teen Wolf? But I can't remember which one came out first. Hmm. I think it was Teen Wolf. I caught, well, the one obvious reference was Freddy Krueger, the Nightmare on Elm Street that was, this season is very much indebted to those movies the Vecna attacking you in your dreams kind of thing. The only other one that I caught specifically, which I don't know if a lot of people would notice, or even if this was their intention, but I got some serious Footloose vibes at one point when, I don't remember the guy, the jock, do you, what's the jock's name? The blonde guy. Oh God. Was it? The guy who's clearly 25 years old? Yeah,
1: that guy. <laughs> What, what was his name? Not dissing the actor whatsoever, but that's just how Hollywood casts. It's like they they'll definitely do like older people who look like seniors in high school, but the
0: guy's clearly built to be like twenty five. He probably was a senior in high school when Stranger Things one came out. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his name. What was his name? Yeah, well, whatever his name was, I got some footloose vibes in that moment with the town hall address when he kind of goes up to the front and they're already panicked about stuff and he's just riling everybody up trying to make his case to the town. But it was kind of a darker parallel to Footloose where the town was obsessed over something stupid and he's trying to say, yeah, let's not do that. But this time he's, he's playing into the town's fears. Yeah. But this guy, like,
1: he makes like three speeches in the whole for volume 1. And I'm just like, "Oh my god. Shut up." I thought he was pretty
0: charismatic personally.
1: Like he was charismatic, I but there's it.
0: just like Jason. Jason Carver. Jason. I thought it was a, but there was a Jason, yeah.
1: There was a part of me that was just like, "Oh my god. Go away." Like from just from a <laughs> character aspect, not like a like I was annoyed with yeah, <clears throat> how throat> they were doing it cuz like obviously he's doing it, but and I guess it's meant for me to to not like him. But yeah, Yeah. other than that, but did you catch the,
0: the biggest Freddy Krueger Easter egg? Probably not. I've never seen those movies, to be honest. Well, do you know who Victor Creel is? Now I do.
1: That's Freddy Krueger. Oh, Victor Creel? Yeah, it's the same actor. Oh, really? The guy in the prison. It's the uh, same actor. Was it Robert Ro- Eng- England? Robert Englund. Robert England? Englund. Oh, really? Great reference, yeah.
0: Oh, that's really cool. But yeah, it makes me appreciate it even more now.
1: But yeah, I I would say this season I think it's the scariest season that they've had to be honest. And maybe that's just cuz my maybe it's just cuz my mis- nostalgia when I re cuz I rewatched all of them, you got it fresher than I do, so and maybe cuz this one is so new that this has felt like the stakes are higher than they've ever been because in the first season, it was just, like, a Demogorgon. It's like, it's a
0: monster. Which was very then, threatening at the time, but it's more about figuring out what just this kids. is all about. Yeah. Yeah. And then the second one... And they're also one, younger, more inexperienced, too, so... Yeah, and because the second and so third
1: little. one, it's, like, it's the Mind Flare, and... might Mind Flare might come back in season four. They hinted at that a bit with Dustin's theory, but if that's the case, then that's kind of silly. Because I feel like Vecna should
0: be the main bad guy. You know what I'm saying? Now, Dustin had that theory that the mind flayer is the top bad guy and Vecna is his five-star general, like he said. But that was just Dustin's theory. We really don't know what the power dynamic is in the upside down. Because when you first see,
1: we're jumping ahead a lot, but when you first see Vecna go to the upside down, it's completely different from what it is. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's all lightning, it's all storms. So, uh, like, my theory is that he created the Upside Down in his own image. Because he... Mm -hmm. Because... Well, I'll explain it later. But, like, because
0: he he has a good image of
1: Hawkins. So that's my theory. So Well,
0: see, that, that would make some sense because... If the Upside Down pretty much only exists in Hawkins, and it's a... It's got all the same buildings and everything... Mm -hmm. in Hawkins, but it didn't look like that when he got there. It's very possible that it was his mind that somehow influenced the architecture of this place, specifically with his house where he stays. But now I was wondering if maybe Eleven created the upside down because up to this point, besides the Russians using technology, she's the only one who was able to access gates to it besides people from the upside down. Mm -hmm. And when she sent... Vecna there, well, we don't know if it already existed, or if she just tapped into it, but Eleven, I think, is the only one we've seen be able to access this just on her own, so mm-hmm. I don't know if her power is so great she could just manifest this place, and these creatures from the Upside Down seem drawn to her specifically, or at least these kids with mental powers in Hawkins. Right. So I feel like Eleven's got more to do with the creation of the Upside Down than than maybe we're being led to believe. Or maybe yeah. I'm supposed to believe that. I don't know. We won't know.
1: There's a lot of theories. And I think th- what would be smart for them is to not fully explain how it's created. Just because it would feel like a lot of exposition. Or yeah. maybe just be like, maybe Vecna does a speech where he's like, I created that I create this all or whatever, blah blah blah. Like I can't, like I'm not I'm not a professional writer, so yeah. not, like, you know. I don't know about it.
0: That's kind of the problem getting into season five though, is we've gone four whole years without knowing the origins of the upside down, and that mystery has been a strength, I agree with you. But getting into season five, where season else do five. you really hmm?
1: the hell's season five? What's season five?
0: Coming up. Going forward, I mean, from here. Oh. Going forward it's from here. It's season four, part like two, we, Joe. No, I'm not talking about season four, part two. I'm talking about, while well, season four, part two, and I think season is five it. beyond that. I'm pretty no, sure this is it. I heard season five was it. Really? They're making one more, and season five is it, is what I heard. But... Maybe they changed their mind after I last heard. So go yeah. ahead, sorry. My point was, we've kind of been peeling back the mystery of the Upside Down every single season. So if season 5, or even season 4, part 2, is really it, I kind of feel like they need to explain it, if only just so they have something more to talk about to keep the mystery going right till the very end. Because if you're going to end it anyway, you may as well give us all the answers before it goes out. Yeah. Although I agree with you, I would like the mystery to maintain pretty much right as long as they can go. Right.
1: Yeah. What's your research say? It says you're right. It says there's five seasons. I remember them first saying that they only wanted four, but uh-huh. I guess with COVID and everything, and maybe they just thought of another, another story to tell afterwards, which is weird because this feels like a finale. That's
0: it does. What, t- to me, it, it feels, feels like, like it's a finale, all coming
1: together. Which a lot of people thought season three felt like a finale, like a little bit. But also, I was like, no, there's still some stuff to brush
0: up, but depends what happens here. That's one great thing about Stranger Things is every season feels self-contained enough that it could be it. We've never been left on a cliffhanger so bad that it would suck if the show got canceled. We've always gotten closure every year, which I respect.
1: Yeah. But how do you... uh... I'm just going through your list here. How do you feel
0: about the... uh... New characters. Love them. Mm -hmm. I thought it was... They're very well written in the way that... If I was just watching season four for the first time, I probably would have just thought some of these guys have been around since the very beginning. Like, Eddie, Argyle, Jason, Chrissy. I liked them all for the most part, or dislike them as much as I'm supposed to in the case of Jason. But they're just written to be... Yeah, it's like I was saying, I just like how... Yeah, like characters of the time. Yeah. Yeah, they just feel like they could have been part of the show the whole time. Mm -hmm. They just, they blend in very well with the other cast.
1: I loved Eddie in the first episode. I loved Mm -hmm. him. And then he was just kind of thrown away for the rest of the season up until the last few episodes. Um, I understand why, because of how, because he's, you know, a suspect in the murder of... Chrissy, spoiler alert, which I feel bad for Chrissy, you know, he doesn't get enough screen time, has a horrific, horrific death. I literally, I haven't, I haven't clutched at, at, like, at myself in a long time, maybe because I don't watch horror movies, but that, I was like,
0: I was literally screaming,
1: oh my god, watching that. Like it had horrific. diminishing
0: returns, I think, for the rest of the season. Every time somebody else died like that, I thought, okay, well, I've I've seen this before. I can handle it a little bit better. But that first time, that first time, the first for me, time, they Chrissy were all was... horrific every single time. Because it's just, it's just the
1: bone snapping,
0: and yeah. then the the, the eyes turning in, oh. the eyes squishing in the I, mean, blood I thought they out. were
1: going to do it to Max, I was pissed. I was pissed
0: if they were about to kill off Max, and they didn't. Thank God. Although I will say, the arguably the best episode this year is that whole episode where she's thinking about, oh, I've only got 24 hours to live. What am episode I going to do for this time? Yeah. yeah that might be my favorite one, either that or the last couple. It's my favorite episode of the show, I would say. It's definitely high ranking for me, for sure.
1: For me, that was just so tense and you really didn't you don't know because you yeah. really didn't know. And obviously like most shows are like all oh, you don't kill off you know one of your main characters but ever since I'm I come from watching Game of Thrones so we re- I really don't know I
0: don't trust anybody I don't trust anybody's yeah. lives are safe I thought Christian yeah. was going to make it like how dumb I am <laughs> She was gone by episode 1 or 2 I don't remember but Yeah which I one. really liked Eddie this show I've never played D&D but this show makes me want to learn <laughs> I play D&D every week. I'm actually going with my gang tomorrow to play D&D. And I will say the thing about D&D is the stigma is real. What they presented in the show about, uh, I think they called it the Satanic Panic of the 1980s. Mm -hmm. That's real. Yeah, it started in the 19... The game started in the 1970s, but by the 80s, it was... People did think it was this occult thing, this, this cultish group that turns people into killers and stuff. Literally... I got the same reaction from my dad and my grandmother when I started playing D&D within the last few months. I said, oh yeah, I'm going with my friends to play D&D. Oh, isn't that, that game that turns people into killers? <laughs> no, dad, I two, already am. Two separate people in my family have given me that already. So it's, it's real and it still affects
1: D&D players today. I bet there was like a major case in some city where that was
0: true and then they just assumed that's what it was for everything. And it probably wasn't even true. It was probably somebody killed somebody, and they also happened to be D&D, so yeah. whatever the media, doing what the media does, they make correlations. Mm-hmm. D&D equals evil, when it just, it's it's a When really, it's about not defeating evil. Really, exactly. And sometimes you lose, and that sucks. <laughs> the evil characters are better for
1: one-shots anyway. What stopped me from playing D&D is just there's a lot of work. Why can't I oh, just be, why can't I, I've made a joke to my friends who played D&D was, where it's like, can I just be Superman if I can create anything? And it was like, yes. yeah, but can you have a flaw? I was like, okay, I'll be Superman, but I'm afraid of confrontation. <laughs> that was, that was my that's great. character. That sounds like a great character. And I think if I rolled a 20, it was an instant kill.
0: That was, <laughs>
1: 20 that was is my, usually very, my idea. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah that's. You really should play if you can get some people together. It's a great game. And yeah, it is, it is some work, but the thing is you want to put in the work because yeah, it's all about you. It's your fantasy land, your character that you made from scratch to play no, out, as fun. you will, with, with the voices and everything. You can go as hard or as soft on it as you want. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's a great time. Yeah, it looks fun. All right. What else do we have to talk about? Uh, do you want to talk about? Well, I guess we can go more in depth on the characters now. Yeah. What, every, what everybody's doing.
1: I like Eddie. I liked Chrissy. I like Jason to an extent. I understand his motives. I understand he's angry. His girl, like his love of his life, his high school sweetheart, gets
0: horrifically murdered. Not to... just horrifically murdered, but also slandered in the public eye because mm-hmm. everyone thought she was. She's well, a I drug mean, she dealer. Went... She was going to Eddie for drugs, but, you know, he knew her better. This was not how she was before, but this is how everyone thinks she always was now. So he's looking after her reputation now that she's dead. And also, he's just seeing red. He doesn't...
1: Yeah. I mean, he doesn't doesn't know
0: about the upside down. So in his mind, this is the only logical conclusion. It's probably his first ever girlfriend, right?
1: So he... And he seems like a very... Well, he's a good-looking dude. He might have had other girlfriends, but this he's is probably, the like, basketball team, the one. So I don't know. And he sucks. He can't make a <laughs> shot. <laughs> but, yeah, so I understand his motives. I just, you know, it's just that classic, like, jock trope, I guess, where everyone else is a freak and I'm the cool guy. So, But it's, it's done, even though it's kind of a cliche at this point, it's still done well. Argyle being yeah. a pothead, I don't care. I don't care about Argyle. I, when he was introduced to the show, I was like, okay, sure.
0: He's okay. comic He's f- relief. He's all
1: right. He's it funny at me. some points, but it's just like, do we really need a new character?
0: What bothered me about Argyle was more about him is that he turned Jonathan into a pothead and oh. Jonathan was just high the whole half of the first of this season. And he just did not feel like Jonathan until he kind of. Got his crap together at the end when he yeah, started Jonathan getting serious. Yeah, Jonathan kind of sucks in this season. This year, yeah, he really took a downgrade. Why are I'm like, being you know so what? Mean to Nancy. I like Jonathan and Nancy together, and now I'm like, get back together with Steve. Jonathan's a loser. now. they're dating in real life. Did you know that? Nancy and Steve. Nancy and Jonathan. Oh, that's okay. The two actors. I was mm. listening
1: to a like a commentary track or like like highlights. It's called pretty much it, and they made someone made a joke or was like. Do you think casting directors get, like, a bonus check when actors get together in real life? Yeah. That'd be hilarious. It happens a lot. But, yeah. I have said this since season two. I hate Mike. Mike is a little selfish bastard. And I understand. He's in love with Elle. But, like, my God. It's almost every season he's like, why are you doing this? Like, you can't do that. And even an episode in, in season four, where Al stands up for herself, he's like, what did you do? Fucking did the right thing. That's what she did. Clocked we'll the girl in into... the head and gave her a concussion? I want to go more into this, because I have experience with this. Okay. My parents, right? Mm-hmm. Papa, Papa and Mama Walker, always taught me, never start the fight. Never. Mm-hmm. But if someone keeps going on and on at you, and is coming at you, you have a right to defend yourself. Mm-hmm. You have a right to defend yourself. So, L, mm-hmm. in the most cringy part of the whole series, when she screams at her and nothing happens, that oh, I hate that. that. was That's real cringe for me. Because very much I, so. But intentionally. That was the point. Intentional cringe. But I was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. This takes me back to, like, middle school or, like, high school. Like, oh god shut up i don't know why my phone just did that i apologize it's all right so when she tells angela at the roller skate derby or whatever hey i don't like when you say this stuff to me just can you stop it and angela still continues to do it now we don't know why angela is bullying her maybe it's because she's new and she's weird
0: that's pretty and much a good enough reason to be bullied in most cases. Yeah.
1: And she's mad at her for ratting on her, but she didn't rat on her. Just the teacher was is the smartest teacher in all of cinema and figured out a bully was being, being a bully to L. That's the That'd only be- time I've seen in any other media where a teacher's gone, what's going on here?
0: And actually figured out what's going on instead of them being like, all right, we'll get back to class then. Now, what I noticed, it was to me, it was the body language, because when she showed up and said, what's going on, Elle didn't say anything, but her eyes looked to Angela, and the teacher noticed that, is what I caught. So, he, the teacher was That's just paying her. attention. I didn't see that. Yeah, I just noticed she, she looked at... What's wrong? She looks to Angela, and the teacher saw that.
1: So, Angela continues to bully her at the roller derby, roller skating rink, whatever.
0: Yeah, whatever it's called.
1: And... She does the worst thing possible. She makes fun of Hopper, who she she thinks is dead, which is really bad. So what does Elle do? She says, "I've had enough." Takes a roller skate, bang, cracks her fucking nose. And you know what I did when watched it? Instead of what everyone else did in the show, they were all like, "Oh my god, you just did! You just like hurt this person. What'd you do?" You know what I did? That's how you defend yourself from bullies. I understand violence is bad. I understand it. But when you've gone to the point where this person won't do it anymore, I'm sorry, but lessons are, will be learned. You have to stand up for yourself. And we have a different mindset, obviously, from this.
0: I don't support violence either, but it's very satisfying to see the bullies get what's coming to them. Exactly. So like
1: if you, you've been warned multiple times, If she had her powers, she'd be dead at this point. So a crack in the nose is fine. And the fact that she goes to juvie for it, that's wild. Instead of it just being like, maybe it's because it was off school property and it was like out in public
0: and it's a horrific. I think it's also because it's a little. It's also because, in my head at least, it's not like. If it was a mutual fight, you know, if it was, Mm. you know, if they were fist fighting and she happened to get hurt, that's. Well, they're kind of both at fault there, and the cops would probably say, okay, well, they were both fighting. But Angela was pretty much just hurling verbal abuse at her, and she was walking away, and then Elle just comes and cracks her over the head. And most people there are on the side of Angela, so they're not going to say Angela provoked anything. So just to everybody else in that room, Elle looks like the aggressor, because she couldn't, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but yes. roller skates could never hurt me except when they cracked them. <laughs>
1: I am very happy with the reaction to that scene is mostly, I haven't seen anybody say that that was a bad choice, but it, most of it is just like, yes, Elle did the right thing there with cracking the bully's nose in. Because she, she honestly did do everything. She's like, I need you to stop doing this. Like how the teachers tell you to do in school it was like, hey, maybe sit down and have a chat, maybe have a coffee, and then everything will work out when it doesn't. It doesn't work out. And sometimes the only thing that can be answered with his fist and blood—that is what you do on the streets, Joe. I'm sorry, but reason is reasonable yeah. thoughts aren't happening on the streets, in yeah. Kingston.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just like I said, you know, while well, while well, you were saying this is kind of how you were raised. I I come from uh, a martial arts background, and I was taught to defend myself. And one thing my teacher always said was, if you if you end up fighting, you've already lost. So. That's just, that's the mindset I always have is, Not if you win the fight. Well. (laughs) Not if you win the fight. (laughs) It's the moral argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You talk it down first. You, fighting's only the absolute last resort. And well, it wasn't even really a fight. It was just assault on Elle's part. So personally, I do, I would not have handled it that way, but I'm not, I'm not angry at Elle for it. I totally, because I see where Mm -hmm. she's coming from. I don't. I don't support it, but I get it. I support it 100%. Is, is the thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not angry at her for it. Oh, but, man. I mean, she's not
1: very well socialized. I honestly, don't think, I honestly don't think she's at fault, and that's just me.
0: I also think it's... Nah, I, well, I shouldn't use that argument. That would get <clears throat> too dark, too real. Can't do that. Oh, no. I'll tell you later. <laughs> All right. But for anyone, just, just take a good guess what I'm talking about, maybe, if, if you're listening. There's so much mystery with this Yeah. Minute. Yeah. I, d- I just don't know if I should get into it, because it would be... Do it. Do it, and if fine. you don't like it, then cut it. <laughs> fine. I'll, I'll say it. That argument is kind of the same argument
1: as... We're usually... cutting this. We are cutting <laughs> this. Yeah, I am not... That is not I, what I said. That
0: is I know not, that's not you can, what you said. And I you, know can put, not, you, you can put I, this
1: part in with me freaking out. That is not I, what I meant. And I
0: know that's, know that's not it. what you said. I'm just saying <laughs> that's, that's the conclusion to your line of reasoning. <laughs> no. I'll cut it. I'll cut it. Accept our reactions. And you can guess what I said.
1: That is so funny, though. <laughs> you sound like... You sounded like a politician. Or you sounded like one of, the, one of the teachers in my old school. That was brilliant. Oh, that was funny. Okay. <sighs>
0: so Elle was kind of justified. 100%. Millie Bobby Brown is still this show's MVP, I say. She outacts most of the adults on this show and has since she was little.
1: Which is insane. Absolutely insane. I don't know how, from, like, even a young age, she was able to do all that. She really is. And she's only 18, which is when, like, some actors just start to, like, hone their craft.
0: Yeah. She's been doing it since she was little, and she deserves to be a huge star someday. I mean, she already is, but I hope she yeah. has a very long career. It's gonna be crazy to see,
1: like, in 10 years, when she's, like, 28. It's be like, oh my yeah. god. That's... She'll probably win Oscars. Before she's 30. I could see it, depending on the role.
0: Once she's finished a stranger thing, she'll probably she, branch out to a lot of...
1: I know the cast has won an Emmy, but I don't know if she has.
0: Which uh-huh. is... Maybe it's because it's like a thing where she was too young or something. I don't know. Which is no, ridiculous. I don't, I don't think there's age limits on those kind of things. It's child bad. actors just don't usually... When did it come out? 2016? That would yeah. be around...
1: Yeah, I don't know what other show at the time. I would have to do some, like, deep dive. I mean, Game of Thrones was out. But, and they were winning Emmys left, right, and center. So,
0: But yeah, she kills it. So, oh yeah, one, going back to Mike now, I will say I'm not, I don't really like, well, I do, I do like this storyline, but, or wait, we should save those for criticisms, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's just, I'm just going to get into Oh, this Yeah. Bit. I'll just get into this. But the thing I don't like about the Mike, Argyle, and Jonathan storyline is that it kind of feels dead ended right now. Everyone in Hawkins is doing something important. <laughs> and then they kind of just, they're kind of just on a road trip. They go to see Susie, which is nice. You know, it, they should brain Susie. Why aren't they brain sure. Susie? It's fun enough, but it kind of just feels like, okay, their whole job is to warn the government about. Yeah. <laughs> That L's in danger, which kind of feels inconsequential because the kids in Hawkins are actually actively doing stuff. And Mike's big thing is, oh, yeah, and Will, too. Mike, Will, Jonathan, and Argyle, their whole thing is just, we're going to warn the government to do something. Right. Which kind of feels like, it's a step removed, so it just feels less impactful for me as a viewer because I just feel like, while they're kind of doing the domino effect, they're trying to make other people do a thing. Which is important. Right. But they kind of just feel like second fiddle. Uh, we yeah, only got th- a minute left here. Okay. well, just, so and whatever and you're going to say,
1: back. we'll just... Okay, okay I'll... I'll uh, but yeah, it just feels like out of all the storylines that's happening on the show, there's like five or like four and a half. Mm-hmm. The Russian storyline felt slow at first, and then Mike and Will's storyline, like... It, there's not a lot of time put into it. But when it is, like there, it does slow, ad- slow down the show just a little bit, I will say. It's all entertaining. Because we here, know so. where L is, but yeah. they don't, so we're just trying to follow their journey.
0: Yeah, exactly. All right, quick break. Time for the ad break. All right, where are we jumping back? Do you want to go more into the criticisms now and maybe talk some, talk about some good stuff as we're going still? Because even our criticisms are mostly yeah. nitpicks. I just want to add one more thing that I liked. Yeah. And you've,
1: yeah. you haven't talked about certain characters you liked, but I... I said I hated Mike. I've always hated Mike. hmm I always feel bad for Will. He gets shoehorned everywhere he goes, sadly. I saw a hilarious thing about Will. If they... I have a We're... theory. Everyone has a theory about this, but I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure he's gay. i oh, sure Pretty much, gay. assuredly. There's hints of it in season one. By when people keep kept calling them different, and then in season three, when Mike yells at them, like I'm. So- it's not my fault you don't like girls. So a part of me thinks
0: Mike knows as well. And
1: well, just the kept way Will's he's always
0: look- It's just the way he's always looking at Mike too. Mm-hmm. And I think Will even has this whole speech about sometimes when friends hear something about you, you'll see them differently. Sometimes all I think about is you. I don't remember exactly what it was. He's he's also
1: carrying around like a poster too. For Mm -hmm. some reason that's always rolled up. So I have a feeling that he's in love with Mike. That's my yeah, That's that's the impression I Which is the worst, which is one of the worst friends to be in love with. (laughs) I don't like Mike. I'm sorry. It's nothing against, it's nothing against Finn's portrayal as as him. He does a great job. It's just how he's written that I don't like. I love Nancy. Nancy's my favorite. Yeah, I love Nancy too.
0: I just want to get back to Will for a sec. The yes, funny thing I heard sorry. about Will is I've heard some people say, hey, isn't it funny how in the first season, the entire show revolved around Will, and now he's a supporting character in the B-plot? Yeah.
1: So Well, it's funny. When season one came out, I felt so bad rewatching it because, like, man, everyone else got so famous except for Will, and this show is about him. It really... Yeah. Everyone got so famous. And to be fair, he got some, like... He got more and more famous as the show went on. But at first, it was yeah. all about Millie and Finn and Gayton and um, Lucas's actor's name that I can't remember off the top of my head. Mm. Uh, I have to look it up because I have to get Noah.
0: Him. Noah. Schna- no, that's that's Will. It's Will. Oh,
1: Lucas and Claire. I have to say his name out of respect because he does a phenomenal job. I love his hair in the season. Caleb is oh, great. McLaughlin. McLaughlin? Okay. McLaughlin. McLaughlin whatever but yeah so, i love thing, sorry you go finish up i love most of the characters didn't like steve in the first season got redeemed no, well in the second Steve was season. supposed
0: to be steve was like jason in the first season he was yeah. he was written to be kind of antagonistic
1: here's the thing i know they say he's king steve but where did we ever see him like rule the school in season one you know what i'm saying I it's just been saw a long time since I've seen be, season one You're I've more fresh seen on him, it than me I've only seen him be like a drifter and hang out with like the two other po- Like popular people there but Everyone's like king And again it's not about him The show But like mm-hmm. I've never I saw Morv's kind of like the popular guy I never saw him as like oh this guy ruled
0: the school And he was the coolest I also think it's hilarious that for a guy who's got a Womanizing reputation he strikes out With everybody Yeah on a consistent yeah. basis. Except for Nancy, and then in this season, a really not-so-smart blonde. Yeah. So, I was gonna say, the funny thing about Stranger Things to me is that usually when I like a show, I pick my favorite character very early, and he's pretty much my mm-hmm. favorite character for the entire season. But it's a real testament to the writing of Stranger Things that every single year, I fall in love with somebody new or grow to appreciate somebody else more. My favorite in season one was Nancy. My favorite in season two was Steve, when he became the babysitter. Season three, my favorite was L. Now my favorite's Robin. Probably be somebody different in season five. Robin feels drastically different from last season. She's a bit I don't, more of a mess for sure.
1: I don't know if it's because she's, she's in more of a social setting. And she talked about in season three how... She's an outcast or whatever, and she's in band and, and whatever. And, yeah. And in season four... And maybe it's because she's just all flustered because her crush is, like, ne- next to her. But she just mm-hmm. seems more not confident with herself like she did in season three. And that could just be because... Of how flustered she is with the crush, and then the whole situation. She actually has to
0: socialize, too.
1: Yeah, she has to social. So that could be it.
0: She's trying to be friends with Nancy, and she sucks at socializing. So, I mean, with Steve, I will was... say your
1: work self- Because he was a co-worker. And... Yeah. I will say
0: your work self and
1: your social self are very different people.
0: That's what I was about to get into. Yeah. So I think that's mostly what it is. We pretty I much love... only saw her at work in season three. I love the Robin and Nancy team up. Love the
1: high oh, five they give each other. I yeah. literally, I cheered when they high fived each other. I was like, "Yeah!"
0: They're a great pairing, and I'm glad the show is still making new pairings. Stephen Dustin,
1: classic. The best moment where he's like, "Too far, man." It's like, "My bad." And they fist bump. That's great. That's I also hilarious. love that moment when
0: they're uh, when they're in the upside down and Eddie's saying, "Man, that kid worships you," and he finally yeah. gives. Steve I'm going to th- use
1: that validation. the one clip a lot when uh, if. If anything ever comes up, where like, why isn't this explained more? I'm going to use that Dustin clip where he goes, are you a child? Do you need everything explained to you? (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) That would be
0: good. That would be good. Because
1: like at that point, it's like, yeah, honestly, like, do you need everything explained to you? It's not like the village M. Night Shyamalan's the village where
0: every other dialogue is exposition, which at the time. That movie pissed me off, man. I liked it until the ending. Yeah. Which we're not going to spoil. But the ending sucks. They're in the... Wow. <laughs> Got him. Anyway. Ouch. So what do you think of the teen drama this season? That has nothing to do with the stuff between teen Mike drama. and Al. The romance between Mike and oh, Al. Oh, like Luke the is tra- Luke is trying to fit in with the jocks. The, the love story, like the love triangle between Jonathan, He's Nancy, Steve, that kind of stuff. Just the regular teen drama stuff.
1: It's good. It's not as strong as it has been in past seasons, because it's not the focus, but it's still good. Yeah. I identify with Lucas a little bit, Mm -hmm. because there was that kind of push and pull between, did I want to pursue acting in high school, or did I want to do sports? And I did Mm -hmm. both, and I was trying to hide both from each world, like, a little bit. Not in the sense... Not in the that sense a, where my high school was like, yeah, very clicky. Like in in my grade whatsoever, there wasn't really anyone who was like the most popular. Like there were popular people, yeah, but there wasn't anybody yeah. where there was clicks. But just a part of me kind of felt like I had to keep the two worlds separate, which I don't know why.
0: The funniest so I thing do, about my high school in that way is that pretty much all the popular kids and and a lot of the jocks also took drama. Oh, nice. So so I was. Kind of friends with, all, like, I didn't hang out with the popular crowd more by choice than anything because I just didn't like a ton mm-hmm. of them, but a lot of them were decent people and I liked the ones in drama mostly. And so the drama club kind of was a, a community on its own, even if we never hung out at all outside of the drama room, no matter w- yeah. where you came from, whether you, whether you, whether you were the losers at the school or the p- most popular kids or the jocks, everybody kind of got together in the drama room. Mm-hmm. So that's why I always liked drama in high school. It was a great yeah, community. And there,
1: you, you have a note here saying the drama between Mike and L. I guess when he, Mike can't say "I love you" to her, yeah, I, stuff like for some that. reason she has superpowers. You've seen her murder someone. You better be nice to her, for the love of God. And then he sends sent leaves her him the note saying, "I'm going to be a superhero again," from L. Cause she kept mm. keep saying love Elle, oh, but it's I, from
0: Elle. I didn't notice that. That's good. And that's I was good.
1: like, "Oh, you're fucked. You're you're in the doghouse, buddy.
0: You don't even know what that is, but you're in it." Yeah, I I liked most of the drama. Like you said, Lucas's was probably the most relatable for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gravitated more towards the Jonathan, Nancy, Steve, one, myself, just because that's like I said, I liked Jonathan and Nancy before, and now I'm like. Pfft. Go back with Steve. Well, Jonkin's just kind of been a dick to her. Just doesn't want to show up
1: because it's some stupid reason where it's like, doesn't want to go to
0: the same school because it will. I think he feels like he's going to hold her back. Hold her back in terms of career. He's got all this potential and he's going to go nowhere. Which is so dumb. And he thinks she'll try to revolve her life around whatever he wants. So he's just trying to take himself out of the equation. Which I
1: understand where he's coming from. But if my girlfriend is Nancy Wheeler, I don't care. (laughs) Mm. I understand. But like, and I understand where he's coming from. But like, you can't just like shut her out from that. And obviously Argyle says that to him too. That's why Argyle's there, to be honest. He's a huge pothead, but he's the voice of reason. Which some people have theorized that he's a figment of his imagination because he's so high. Which is funny, but doesn't really make sense. But it's really
0: funny. One hilarious thing that I think Steve should probably use. It reminds mm-hmm. – the, the funny thing is a couple of years ago, I'm not going to say who just because, but somebody I know was trying to date this girl who already had a, girl, who already had a boyfriend, but the boyfriend was long distance. Mm. So he was thinking to himself his best course of action because she was interested in him. But he, he was going to say, okay, in my argument, I'm here. Mic drop. <laughs> yeah. Then that yeah. was all he felt he needed to say. I'm here. <laughs> Poor guy moved away. Long distance never works,
1: kids. That's the lesson yeah. of the day. I tried How it do you too? feel it's... before we move on to criticisms? How yeah. I feel about
0: Vecna. Fantastic. This story, I did not have much faith in the writers to make everything come together. That Victor Creole plotline in particular felt like a bit of a red herring. I thought, okay, this seems like a dead end, so why are we following it so much as interesting as it is to uncover the mystery behind Hawkins and get a little more backstory. Why are we doing this? And the stuff with Number One, also cool. And the stuff with Victor Creel's kid. Just There was a, and Vecna, there was a lot that was interesting in isolation, but Mm -hmm. it didn't really feel like it was all coming together. And then, boy, did it come together. And my mind was blown. And I have some faith restored in modern writers now,
1: thanks to this. I had a feeling that number one was the guy helping out L. Oh yeah, I
0: got that too. Because n- yeah.
1: n- I've just watched so much stuff. It's still a good twist, even if you see it coming.
0: I was telling you the other day, it felt like the Obi-Wan Kenobi thing. I trained with him for a long time myself in this room. Okay, so he's you. You're saying he's you.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then literally, I didn't put together he was Vecna until... The power scene, the, where, he, where he turns out he murders everybody, all, mm-hmm. all the kids, and you see him do like, kind of like the L stare, but he also kind of looks like Vecna in that moment, because mm-hmm. it's the same actor. I'm, I think it's the same actor, I don't know. I think it is. I think they had to hide that. Yeah. In the,
0: in the marketing.
1: So it's just, and then it turns out he's also the kid, who the, I'm a little off on the motivation. I think he's just clinically insane, right? Where he's like, time is a, is a waste on humanity. We live by this society of, like, scheduled time, and that's not a way to
0: live. Now, how I understood it is nature kind of exists in its own balance. There's predators, like spiders that he right. worships, the prey, and everything in nature is pretty much designed to keep the balance. Ecosystems are supposed to go on their own. Whenever certain populations get too far out of control, things like insects get too far out of control. The spiders kill them, keep them in check. Mm. And when the insects, and when too many insects die off, the spiders die off as well. So there's always nature is designed to keep things in check. But humanity has invented all these systems. We go into ecosystems, we mess things up, and nobody keeps us in check. So we kind of throw off the balance of the natural world in a lot of terrible ways, and Vecna is pretty much saying somebody needs to keep humanity in check as the balance. Yeah, which is to me a kind fair. of the point. Kind of the point of the upside down. It's the equal but different mm-hmm. on the other side. It's this is that's just that's his whole point. Is somebody needs yeah. to keep maybe not destroy. All of humanity and all its systems, but just we're kind of like a parasite that's grown way further than we can be contained. And he has the power to do it. We're that. almost at 8 billion people. So that's yep. great. Yay. Yeah. Although I guess nature might have Where's check Thanos and when you afterward. need him?
1: Yeah. Nature did White come and he came with COVID, but then some doctor had to create a vaccine. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm happy for
0: the I mean, vaccine. That's... Well, yeah, but that's kind of just how nature works. Diseases are supposed mm-hmm. to take us out. Lack of resources. But we're just so stubborn to not die. It's going to happen eventually, where technology can't keep up with us, and we naturally will get our numbers called, and then our Thanos will show up. Eventually, not that I want it to, but it will. It will happen. Now, let's we got to breeze through this because we're nearly done. I just want to say, rapid fire. The comedy is great this oh, okay. season. It's always comedy clicks, especially with Steve and Dustin. Production values are super high this season. They got a bigger budget, I heard, than other years, and every dollar of it shows, I think everything looks fantastic, especially the Vecna, right who you were telling me, was practical. mostly practical. Dialogue is still sharp as ever. I like how it manages to find a tonal balance between fun and serious. We get a lot of Hawkins history, learn more about the upside down, leaves us with a lot of compelling questions going into volume two. And let's go into our criticisms, because we've only got five. we got five minutes left before we should wrap up. Alrighty. So you were kind of talking about the Russia stuff a little bit, which I agree with you. I thought it was cool at first, but it sort of felt dragged out. And it didn't connect as much to the larger plot line, which I think that's why it stood out. It was cool. I really Mm -hmm. liked Antonov. And, oh yeah, Murray's another standout this season. I like him more than other years. So the Joyce-Murray-Hopper-Antonov story, that was good, but felt a little disconnected. I hope it ties in more next year. Antonov was was the
1: guard, right? Yeah, the one who helped Hopper out. He's from Game of Thrones as well. Oh, yeah. He's well, who Game isn't at actor. this point? Yeah. Also, the, the lady, this is not a Kenobi episode, but the, the Imperial officer that helps out Kenobi is also
0: from Game of Thrones. I will oh, point yeah. out every Game of Thrones actor until you watch the damn show. I, <laughs> I'll start it eventually. <laughs> so another criticism of mine, there were multiple moments this season where I thought, that's cool, but they definitely should have died. The one in particular I think of is, I think they were both in the same episode, actually was when the Mike Will and Jonathan and their government guard were mm-hmm. trying to escape
1: mm-hmm. and
0: these guys are just these government guys are just coming in machine gunning the house and I thought how did none of them but the one government guy get hit that was one thing and then the other one was when hopper is escaping on his jet ski and the russians are machine gunning him like not one hit him in the back not yeah. one shot hit him there were just multiple moments like that where people should have died or at least been hurt and nothing. At least hit
1: a little bit, but yeah. But Nobody maybe there's a thing that. where like you don't want to see a kid shot on TV, but who, yeah. who knows?
0: It's stranger things. You, you were just talking about the what? grotesque, the bones yeah. snap in. And, yeah. yeah,
1: it was still a what the fuck moment when the army comes into that house. Yeah, so oh yeah, that it, was, it, was, it
0: was a great surprise. Yeah. I just thought my suspension of disbelief kind of got a little bit unsuspended. guys want to order a pizza. Yeah, oh, Pete's is here. Bang! Felt like a Tarantino kind of thing, nearly even something like yeah, he might do
1: randomly shocking, but like also like fits in the realm. Oh, we didn't yeah. talk about the army guy too, which I, that feels like a little forced. Like the army's trying to hunt L. To it just feels like which it's like another unneeded conflict, just to like add more stakes to the show. But I understand why they're doing it.
0: I, I get because she is kind of a. It's kind of like going back to. Marvel, you know, Thunderbolt, Ross. Well, you, what do you mean you're telling me you lost... If I lost a couple of warheads, I'd be in trouble. Kind of like the Civil War argument. So Elle's kind of the same thing. She's this super weapon, pretty well, that the government lost control of. So it makes perfect sense they'd want her back. Yeah. Or to rein her in. Another thing I thought, a few of the monologues go on a bit too long for my tastes. The writing was really good, but it kind of lost momentum for me in multiple moments. There were a few times where I thought, okay, okay, I get, I get it. I get it. And even though they, were some of them, like, one example is the, the Dear Billy monologue and the other one when Robin was making her plea to the psychiatrist to let them see Victor Creel. Really good writing, but both just went on a little too long for me. Disagree. Those are just two examples off the top of my head, but there were more that kind of took me out after a while. I disagree.
1: I love Dear Billy. I love that whole episode. I love Billy comes back to make a cameo. Cameo oh, yeah, that was great too. The Robin plea one it did went a-, a little long. I felt like, oh yeah. my god, take a breath. Yeah, but I love the dear the Dear Billy letter.
0: Well, because unlike the Dear Billy one, the Robin plea was less emotional. Mm-hmm. It felt it probably. We weren't as invested in that, so we felt like Robin plea was just more up.
1: like, "This is why society sucks."
0: Yeah, she's more on a soapbox at that point, which, which is good. Still well written. I love Nancy's reaction to it. Just like, "Where have you where been?" Where this come from? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, where did you?
1: Where have you been? I needed this <laughs> like an hour ago. <laughs> yeah. All right. So unless you have yeah. more to say, I'm excited for volume two. I thought it was the end. I guess it's not. I have heard both of them episodes are at least two hours, which is crazy to think about.
0: Oh yeah, that's and another thing. I'm not. If a there's huge a season five, the... what the fuck's gonna happen after this? That's what I've been saying every year for this show, though. God, I have no idea. Maybe there's a literally super every back-to-back. year. I don't. Maybe. Every year I don't know what they're going to do next cuz it feels like mm-hmm. they've already done everything they can do. So, but yeah. But I'm they manage to surprise me
1: every year. I swear to god if Hopper and and Joyce and Murray don't get back to the states before the end of the season, I will cry. I need a Hopper and L reunion now. I need it.
0: Yeah. They haven't been together for a couple of years nearly. And did L Elle-
1: well, we haven't seen it on screen, but she's seen all her flashbacks, so I assume she has all her powers by now. I would assume. It ended on a cliffhanger where Nancy is being cursed or whatever, or she's the next target for Vecna. Right. Which and I, I have th- was cool. I have a theory. It doesn't make sense, but what's going to save her, the music-wise, is Steve's rendition of the song from... Oh, God, that Tom Cruise movie. Uh, taking this by myself. All the time, rock and roll, that song. Oh, Risky Business. Risky Business, that song. Because he sings that to her in, in season one. So that'd be, that'd be like a little fan service but I think that'd be like a nice touch. Mm-hmm. And to me, I see that they're trying to set up them getting back together, but also it just felt like a little awkward moments of, There was this like passionate thing between them, but also during season two, not really with Nancy because Nancy was more so like because Jonathan disappeared because Will came back and had to talk to him more. Yeah, Yeah. So Nancy was like, well, here's the second best option. Yeah. But I guess just old flames, you know,
0: meeting together again. I also feel like to me, the reason I'm kind of on that ship train again is because Back in season one and two, Steve was a real. Steve was a piece of work back then. I don't think he deserved her back then, but he's done a lot of character growth the last few years. I think they're more on equal footing nowadays. Yeah. So. That's fair. I wouldn't hate it if they
1: get back together, but. I I swear to God if they kill off Nancy. Swear to God.
0: I hope not. Really hope not. (sighs) I don't know if you've been hearing. Have you been hearing my background the entire time? No. Oh, that's just, that's just me hearing that ticking? Yeah. What do you mean? I gotta, I gotta check something. Oh, shit. Oh, no. I think my time is coming up. Wait. <laughs> oh, I hear it, too. You hear it, too. Oh, no. It's crazy. Oh, no. All right. <laughs> oh man all right let's plug our socials and wrap Joe, up your time has come okay I better plug my socials and die <laughs> well i'm ryan walker official on instagram and tiktok and you can find me on instagram and tiktok at Thoughtplane media and our facebook page of the same name find further film discussion and entertainment reviews on thoughtplane.ca forward slash articles and if you'd be so kind, you can support Thoughtplane Media on Patreon, link below. Also, be sure to leave us comments and reviews, that's a big help. And how about clicking that like button if you enjoyed this? We hope to see you on the next close up with Ryan and Joe. Till next time. Angela! <laughs>